Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Blue Surge Podcast. It is Mike alongside my co-host, Joe. Joe, we might as well just kind of jump into things because, you know, we we always ask each other how we're doing. And I think for the most part, we're, we're, we're doing all right. We're moving through and we have some really awesome things to, to talk about. So I guess the only question I would have for you is how is your uh, how's your sword and shield time been treating you lately? I honestly have not been playing as much in terms of shiny hunting. Uh, just because we got back into a Minecraft kick for a little bit, so I haven't been playing as much. Yeah, I I haven't done a whole lot of uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield anyway. Just resetting for Reggie Ice and whatnot. I did buy some trading card game product a couple days ago. Uh, I think it was four, so maybe it was seven hits. So I had a Wailord, a Lucario, Ampharos, and Orbital V. Those are just like the normal ultra rares, however you call it. And then my three premium pulls were a Gardevoir V Full Art, which I really really like a Zacian Amazing Rare, and a full art Pokemon Center Lady Trainer, which I think, again, this is a card that's been printed, I feel like, a billion and a half times, but it looks, it's probably the best looking full art trainer that I've had in quite some time. We've talked about how the quality of their full art trainers has really gone up, and I can definitely confirm that based on what I'm seeing. Very much so. So... It was nice to pull some product just to kind of open some packs again. It's not something that I do a lot, but I was feeling it. It was an itch, and it was good. But fifty percent is really good, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In terms of pull rates, I couldn't ask for anything better. I mean, in terms of the ETB, I think. Let me think of the actual hits in the ETB. The ETB, I had three hits. Yeah, three hits in the ETB. Four hits because of Ampharos. Um, yeah, there's, so... there's like two to three usually. And, and I've had like ones. I think my Rebel Clash ETB was the darkness of it was Rebel Clash. I had like horrible pulls, like absolutely horrendous. So it's definitely it's definitely good to have a pretty decent pulls throughout the set. Um, an amazing rare, especially because we know the odds for an amazing rare are one out of twenty, uh, and an ultra rare are one out of twenty-four. We do know those actual like pull rates. I, I, I'm pretty happy out of eight packs. I can't really complain. Hopefully, by the time this podcast goes live, I actually have a shiny Reggie Ice. I'm literally on week four. It has to be. Again, it's not something I'm religiously doing, but it is pretty crazy. I think so. Anywho, let's get into the show. Let's get into the news. Um, First on the list today, we do have another tournament result. I'm just trying to give you guys the up-to-date meta outcomes as according to the limitless tcg community so there was a another hegster tournament that actually happened yesterday i believe and here's what the top 16 looked like we actually had a pretty pretty straightforward pretty straightforward top 16 uh there was 175 players though so it's a pretty good sample size so we had Pico Ram taking first place in terms of record. It says combined record here. Uh, I'm not going to go into the crazy details, but um, it looks like in the top 16, it did end up actually winning. It beat uh, Zacian ADP in the finals. So we had Pico Ram, Zacian ADP. We had a couple Eternatus decks in the top, one in the top eight, one in top 10. We had two Blacephalons because those are still floating around. 
in the top eight. We had two Cenoscorch V Maxes, which seems to be like the very popular tier two to tier one list that people are playing. It's a deck that I, I don't think is very intuitive. I don't think it's anything like very special, but it seems to be very enjoyable um, from what we've seen out of the lists. Um, it's something that I would enjoy playing. It doesn't look very crazy, uh, but it's a list that people seem to be enjoying, which is really good. I, I think it's kind of what Colossal VMAX will slowly become, kind of that tier two popular list. We had some Zacian ADPs. One got second place, one got fourth place. Um, outside of that top 16, there were some Mewtwo boxes, some more Zacian ADP, some more Blacephalon. Blacephalon and ADP seemed to be the more successful variants of the day. Uh, Eternatus crept into that. The closest toolbox was in top 28. There was some Luke medals that showed up. That's something that I'm seeing a lot on the PTCGO ladder. In terms of new stuff, we saw Colossal get 50th. Um, again, I said Whimsicott got a top 28 in tool drop. There weren't many new archetypes, though. Um, not a whole lot. Togekiss, there was a really bad Togekiss, like badly performed. Not a whole lot of craziness, though. It's pretty much Mewtwo Picaram is usually what this is. Um, this deck is actually more uh, peek around than it is Mewtwo, but we've seen the general mix of that that pairing. So anything you think of that, it's pretty much Zacian ADP, Eternatus, Blacephalon, and peek around. I see a Rhyperior Volcanion list. What place is that in? Uh, low. Very low. Uh, 155. I do see it here. O three 3 drop. There's a couple of interesting lists on here. There's, there's a Rillo Boom ex, Lone Executor deck. Uh, where is a couple ones? It's all over good. Um, we have the occasional Dragapult. Oh, cool. Toxtricity deck. 123. Yeah, there were some cool decks. And the nice part about having a PTCGO tournament is I feel like uh, it, it's a lot easier to just build decks that you think could be cool because you don't have to invest the same amount of financial stress into it. You know what I mean? Anything else you want to talk about with the lists? Oh, no, I'm just looking at all these different lists. So, like, there's, like, the Rillaboom Lone Executor and just straight Rillaboom with C-Dot, Nuzleaf, Shelf Tree. Oh! There's one that they're doing with uh, Shift Tree. That's fun. Yeah, there's some fun lists on here. The, the These online tournaments really allow people to explore different archetypes because there's really not that much at stake other than just like, oop, didn't work. Oh, well, on to the next one. No, I think these are really nice. I think these are really nice. And if you want to see these, you go to play.limitless and you'll be able to see all these lists and we'll kind of move on from that, yeah? Yeah. It seems like the meta is in a pretty uh, stable spot right now with just kind of Mewtwo peak around. Eternatus is floating around with this poison mechanic um, with Alolan Garbodor, or not Alolan Garbodor, Garbodor and Toxicroak. So we'll just kind of keep an eye on it and see how all these meta decks are circulating. Into the news, we do have some new product. So we have a Galar Psychics Premium Collection that will be coming to us. Um, it doesn't necessarily say when, um, but basically what it is, is you're going to get a promo for Inteleon, Cinderace, and Rillaboom, Rillaboom V. They actually just look like the normal arts. 
for the original card. You're going to get a coin with three starters on it. You're going to get what looks like a sticker. Um, oh, it's a little, it's a little like keychain almost of the three starters. You're also going to be getting 10 packs. Those packs do pretty much span over a bunch of different sets. Um, there's everything from literally Steam Siege to Vivid Voltage. So it looks like it's pretty much hitting one pack from the last 10 sets almost is what it looks like. You see Steam Siege, you see X and Y Evolutions, you see Sun and Moon. Um, I, I think it's basically just every set. You get one pack from each of those. So this is a nice little product, I think. Um, in terms of what you're getting out of the $50, I think I'd rather get something like the Marty Collection. Um, but, oh, it looks like it comes with 11 packs, actually. So you get 11 packs. So I don't know. $50, if you're just looking for cards, this could be worth it, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're into collecting them, there's a lot of cool things. Like, the coin's super cool. I like the coin. And yeah, uh, some people really like, like, the dangler uh, the keychains and things like that. I think it's a funny name for a keychain. A dangler? Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it definitely is. Uh, the box looks cool. It's a cool product. It's nothing special, but it, I do really think it is a cool product. Anything you want to say other than that? No, it, it, it's a nice Christmas gift. I think it would be a nice Christmas gift. Yeah, I can agree with that. Now we get into the interesting stuff. So. As of this morning, last night, however you want to think about it, we got another name for a Japanese set. Series 5A, so part A of the fifth set, will be called Matchless Fighter. This will be coming out on March 19th in Japan. It's a subset of their single strike and rapid strike sets that will be coming out in January. So they will be getting a January set. This is kind of just a... It's an additional thing coming out in March. I imagine for us, it will all be one set because our sets are gigantic. So I don't think we'll be getting these separate. We're going to be getting them together. So single strike, rapid strike, and this matchless fighter will probably come together, especially because we know it's about 70 cards. It's going to be featuring Sloking V, Blaziken V. Um, I imagine we're going to be getting Calrex, Glastrier, and Spectrier in this set as well. Uh, if you don't know who those Pokemon are, they are the new kind of faces of the Crown Tundra DLC. So I imagine we will be getting those because there were also trademarks called Silver Lance and Jet Black Spirit. I would bet that those are attacks that will be used on these cards. There's going to be more support for Urshifu, it says. Uh, pretty much it's just an extension of the Crown Tundra set that we know they're already getting. The interesting part about this, though, isn't exactly the cards. It's the fact that this implies that there's not going to be a February specialty set. Uh, we know that we're going to be getting a specialty anniversary set in February. At least that's what we assume here. It's safe to say that it's probably going to be the shiny star V stuff that we're seeing in Japan already. Um, we know that that's already been opened. That product is already out there. So... That's probably what we're getting in February, but it is interesting to see that in Japan, they're actually not going to be getting anything from what we understand. It's pretty much just going to be as normal. Will they get something later in the year? Probably. Probably like fall time. But it is interesting to see that they're not going to get anything in February. There's not much else to think about with this though, right? I mean, 
We, Galarian Slowking is expected. Blaziken's kind of cool and random. Uh, maybe we'll get those other starters of Blaziken, uh, Swampert, and Sceptile. I don't know why I couldn't think of those. Those are in the same generation, right? I'm not. I'm not crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Blaziken, yeah. Blaziken so, Swampert, and Sceptile. So with this pack art dummy that they came out with, uh, I'm going to do some speculation here on, on typing. So you have the Galarian Slowking, right? Yeah. I, I can't mention that being anything other than than dark at this time, right? Because it's dark and poison. It's going to be dark, yeah. It's got to be dark. Leading me to believe that the dark fighting Urshifu is going to be a fighting type. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the fire, or sorry, the water fighting type is going to probably be water Urshifu. And then Blaziken's going to have to be fire at that point, unless... Well, or you can think about it different ways. And what and what Joe's talking about, because you can't actually see because it's a podcast, um, the pack art is split in the middle. So you have Slowking and Urshifu on one side, Single Strike, and Blaziken Rapid Strike on the other side. One could also argue that it's going to be Dark Dark Fighting Fighting. Because we know that Galarian Slowbro V is a Dark type, and we imagine Slowking, like you said, is going to match up. Single Strike can also be Dark. Right, they're not going to be the same yeah. typing. The easy way to think about it is dark water. But if you look at the pack art, Blazing Ink could easily be a fighting type because it is fire fighting, and so could Urshifu Rapid Strike. And although that is the that's the opinion that is probably the smallest out of what you would expect because they do have signature typings. I think it'd be pretty cool, right? Dark fighting is way more impactful than dark water in the trading card game. Yeah. And when's the last time, if ever, that we've seen a fighting type Blaziken? Uh, did this? Did they print one up one a couple sets ago? I thought unless they, it was an, unless it was a uh, one of those um, uh, what's you call it uh, abilities that made it a fighting type too. The last time we got a fighting type Blaziken, only one time actually. It was in Crystal Guardians during the EX, the original EX era. Um, there was a fighting type Blaziken in the set. It was Blaziken EX. So the last time that happened was 2006. Every other card has been fighting our fire type. See, I'd love, I'd love for Pokemon to start using secondary typings like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any reason not to, especially with the way you know that it impacts things. Right? We know that there are cards that are weak to fighting, and granted, fighting. The problem with fighting is how volatile it can be. Right? The second yeah. you start giving secondary types their card typing in the game. Blaziken getting fighting type in a nutshell is fine, but then you're looking at Blaziken, you're looking at Colossal, you're looking at Donphan, you're looking at fighting cards that span through a lot of different types in the video game. I imagine that's why we haven't seen a fighting type Blaziken, but they might not be thinking that specific. Yeah, I, I think but like the, the coolest set... I think out there is probably like Delta species stuff where they're all kind of like, well, that's just flipped upside down. I know. And that's why I like it. I think it's pretty I, sweet. I would love, 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 love if they gave us a set like that again. I don't, I don't know what it would do. I don't know what it would do to the trading card game meta itself, but man, I would love to see that. I mean, I everyone loves these shiny cards. Everyone loves these kind of specialty packs that we're getting nowadays. I think it'd be so cool to do that. Um, or or just give us a whole different type in general, like the plasma types. 
or something like that. Yeah. I think it'd be a fun to just like to, to check up the whole meta that way. Just like make your Pikachu a metal type, <laughs> like the old Delta species Pikachu was. Yeah, Mewtwo was a fire type. Kingler was a fire type. The Typhlosion line and the Ninetales line were psychic types, um, which can happen now because of Alolan Ninetales. Yeah. I, I think it'd be cool. Yeah, I, I, I really do think it would be interesting. And I don't know. I was thinking about this the other the other day. So we have all these shiny cards. And this is kind of a tangent off topic. We have all these shiny cards coming out. We have this this boom in collecting happening right now. Would you rather have it be like this where product is really hard to get after, but prices on other cards are super low? Or would you rather have it be like it was before where prices were a little more balanced but product was a lot easier to get your hands on because we're in this weird spot right now where because of the pandemic because of the collection explosion that's been happening it's almost like a cultural change right now we see cards from vivid voltage because of the amount that it's being opened togekiss v which is a card i like that that right now is not in a very good spot whatsoever it's like a 60 cent card and that's a v the market price on Togekiss V right now is like 60 to 70 cents. And that has never happened with a V. Where you see a V go sub $1. Would you rather have it this way? Where product's hard to find, um, but most of the cards are cheaper? Um, as a player, I'm going to tell you yes. Because it makes it way more affordable to me to play. People keep an opening product to the point where there's an abundance of all these cards, which is fine. Uh, I just fear the day uh, it stops and then it spikes the exact opposite direction. I think that day is going to come when in-person play starts. Probably. That's probably all that's that's waiting on it, right? That's the only thing that's going to break it. Once in-person play starts, we could see that change, but it really depends. Something like something like collecting is so volatile, it could happen at any second. But I was just thinking about that. I, I... yeah, as a, as a collector, I, I hate it <laughs> partially correct i was I, I think i would hate it i'm gonna say i am a collector i'm not a collector at all i said i i think i would hate it because then it thinks it makes it more expensive for me or on the flip side things would be more valuable but as a player i like it because then i can buy decks for cheaper yeah it's weird because collecting goes in like two different categories right you're either a collector for value or you're a collector for for just enjoyment and enjoyment collecting can be very, very fun. That's kind of where I end up laying. I am a player, but I also do have a couple binders worth of cards that are just there to have. But I'm not a value collector in the sense that I am paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars to try to pull a multi-hundred dollar card and to flip it. I, that That's not necessarily how I like to do things. I collect so that years from now I can look back on stuff. So it, it it is a very interesting time for the card game because at least in our playing time, I don't think we've ever seen a flux like this happen in the market. So I do think it's interesting to talk about week to week as we do see card prices literally plummet way further than even before when the pandemic was happening. We were talking about cards dropping to a couple bucks. Again, there are some Vs that are sub like $1.20 and that's pretty much unheard of. And again, that's because of the pandemic and the collection spike. So yeah, it, it is interesting to see like the the supply and demand of this card game and how it fluctuates throughout this time. Yeah. So like I before we got started recording the podcast, you're talking about Leonhardt doing that pop up shop. 
for cards. Mm-hmm. I finally watched that video, and I think it's an interesting idea. And I'm like, so if no one's seen Leonhart yet, Leonhart is trying to do a temporary pop up store for a, a weekend. Hopefully, sometime next year, uh, he wants to make it available to a lot of people. But his plan is to set up as like a '90s card shop and have packs hanging and stuff like that, and have packs for sale at its original price of four dollars. Um, he will have stipulations like you. We have to probably limit how many you buy, things like that. Um, but if I if I had that opportunity to go there and go get a pack, I don't think I'd preserve it. I'd open it. I would totally open it. I couldn't. I couldn't hold that in. I actually, now that we're talking about it, I this morning I literally took out my base set and just sleeved the whole thing because. And I know that's like a cringe thing to say. It was a collection from my childhood. So there were some cards that weren't sleeved. Um, the hollows were, but I just went through and sleeved everything. And not every card's in great condition. Like if I graded the entire set, I would say it averages out to like sevens. Like averages. So there's worse and there's better. Um, I think I was looking like my hollow Gyarados. I, I'm looking at that right now. I could probably send that in and get a nine or a 10. Like there are some cards I have that are in really, really good condition. But... I'm just leaving it and putting it together because it's nice to look back. Like originally the reason I started making the base set is because legitimately I want to 10, 15 years from now, hopefully I have a family, younger kids. I want to be able to say like, Hey, this is, this is my childhood right here. Like this is where I started. This is what I have going on. And that's why I collect. So just like you, if I got the pack, I would crack that sucker open. No questions asked. It'd be fun. Yeah, yeah it'd be fun. I, I got to figure out how he's going to do it, what's going to happen. Because I think that's something I like to work towards and like experience that situation again. Because I kind of, because if you've ever held those base set cards, they feel so much different than they do now. Yes, I agree. And I, lo- I love to just feel that one more time opening a pack. And you know what? I would actually buy instead. Like this is, it's always so hard to get your hands on these. I would so much rather open some Neo stuff. Like Neo Destiny, like the Gen 2 cards. Yeah. That's my favorite gen. I would literally like I if I ever one day got like a big like if I ever got like a bonus chunk of money for any reason. I don't know why I would get that reason, especially being in the career field that I'm in, but it would be really cool to just open a booster box and crack those packs. You know, it would be so awesome just to, just to see that, that those like vintage cards be opened in a pack. I think it'd just be really cool. I know it's so out of the realm of possibility for me because of financial situations and, and stuff like that. But seeing people open boxes, it does make you go, okay, that would be really awesome if I could just do that. Even if it's not first edition, right? I don't need first edition. It would just be really cool to see, but these boxes are going for like freaking $45,000. So it's not like it's ever going to happen anytime soon. Oh, so hard. Well, yeah. And Neo, Neo is different because the Neo sets are when the shining cards came out. So you had like shining Gyarados uh, and things like that. And, and shining Gyarados goes for like PSA 10 graded. We talk about how people exaggerate legitimately. <laughs> can go for like $10,000. Yeah. 
Yeah, so like going back to Leonhard too, like one of the things he really wants, like he wants everybody to enjoy these old vintage packs. He's like, he's going to my collection, giving these out at a low price, like for four bucks a piece, like they originally were. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things trying to figure out is how to prevent people from taking advantage of this and then flipping it. For money. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can do that, but like I, I know his intentions, what he wants to do, and I hope everybody uh, adheres to his intentions. Um, so I think that the, what he's supposed to get out of it and what's ever supposed to happen, I it, it's supposed to be for pure enjoyment, and that's it. Yeah, I, I I hope they do, and it'll be cool to keep an eye on that because again, that's like that's so cool, right? That's so cool that someone is willing to put that aside and do that. So good on him, and it's something that we can keep an eye on as a trading card game podcast because it is it is relevant stuff to talk about right now. Let's move on though to the more relevant topic at hand. There was a new trademark. And this is the topic that's going to end our show. So as of a day ago, the Pokemon TCG TPCI trademarked the phrase V-Star. And a whole lot of speculation started going around because normally when stuff like this gets filed, it ends up being a mechanic. So in the past, we've seen like prisms, we've seen breaks, We've seen fairy typing. We've seen a lot of things get trademarked and become mechanics of the set, like tag teams, things like that. The question here is, what is this going to end up being? Because normally in January, that's when we get that new mechanic, right? Um, that's when we get prisms. That's when we get tag team GXs. What do you think V-Star is going to end up being? Because there's a lot of different possibilities, and I'm wondering if we can call it on the podcast today. Hmm. V-Stars. I'm wondering... So so the last stars we got... So we got Prism Stars were like one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Um, gold Stars way back in the day. Did they have any uh, special stipulation to it, or just were just extra rare i mean I, we also had breaks breaks too i just the way pokemon's been going in terms of collection wise i wonder if they're doing these like super rare v star cards i don't know like an amazing rare type thing yeah hmm it could be that i my thought is it's going to be an evolution on top of a v max no, I think it's going to be on, potentially on top of a normal card. Huh. I think uh, I, I think a couple things. The easy answer is I do think it could be like um, in a, a break evolution. I think that could really be a thing. You could make it like a prism, but I don't know what the point is of that, to be honest with you. It also could be like a trainer, like a one-of trainer, like a V-Star trainer, like there was A-Spec trainers or Prism trainers. But the dark, dark, dark horse option that I think would be really, really cool is if this is their way of putting Dynamax moves in the game um, in the form of like a break evolution. Uh, so like okay. you evolve a non-V Pokemon and it has the ability to use this attack. I think that would be also really cool. So kind of like a, like, a, like, a, like a current GX attack, but a temporary type of thing. Yes, like something temporary. I think that would be super, super cool. So I, I, we're going to have to keep an eye on it, but I, I'm curious to see what it ends up being. New mechanics, it, it's something that 
we have loved, hated, speculated because the game is moving in directions that not everybody is a fan of, per se. However, new mechanics are super exciting, and, and one can really hope that it ends up benefiting the meta uh, instead of making the stronger cards stronger. Uh, I think it would be really interesting if they create a mechanic that helps the little guys. I, I think that would be pretty cool. Anything else you have to add to today? I mean, we had some pretty good news. We had some pretty good conversations. It was a pretty, pretty solid day. Yeah, everything is pretty good. Everything is going well. I'm excited to see what Urshifus look like and that whole set. I'm just excited to see new Pokemon and new cards. And I just can't wait for that day to happen. Yeah, I, I think now that we got the names of the set, we're gonna get and we're getting closer and closer to January. I would bet towards like the new year. Maybe well, we'll get it before that. So I bet in the next two weeks we're gonna start to get more and more revealed for those sets. So I'm excited too. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to today's show. If you live in the United States, we hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, right? This will be posting the day after. Um, if you're able to have some time off, I know this time of year, family time is not the same way that it normally has been in the past. But I think I speak for us both when I say we hope that you spend the best quality time that you can, no matter what platform or situation you're in. Um, we hope you take this time to kind of reflect on things. It has been a tough year, but we are closing in. So again, Happy late Thanksgiving to the people in the United States and to everyone else. Again, thank you for supporting and enjoying the show. We hope you guys enjoy the Pokemon trading card game and everything else. And with that said, we will see you next week.